We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Special edition of VM, Saturday edition. I haven't done a Saturday podcast in a long time, bro. Very long time. My guy Conrad in the building, Culture Hub's finest. We cracked open some IPAs because it's Saturday, like I mentioned. What's good, brother? How are you? Doing well. Happy to be here again. Uh, It really does feel 90 degrees out. Feels perfect for just a, a cold beer and talk about this awesome NBA playoffs that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of history. Conrad is the first person I ever had in the new studio. So you're going to be in blessed. the archives, bro. Blessed to, to be that, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, How many times have I had you on? I've had you on a couple of times, right? I know you've called in before. Yeah. During COVID, we did a Zoom. We, had, we, had a, we either had a Zoom or two, so it's been either two or three times. Yeah. Yeah, man, I enjoy picking your brain with this stuff, and, and we've talked in the past about a little bit of like your your come up and and writing and all that and shouts to the guys at Culture Hub, love those dudes oh, over dude. there, man. CJ and 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 Serge, my guys. But I want to get right into it, bro, because we have a lot to break down. We got the playoffs right now as we're recording. Game one of Milwaukee Miami is underway. <laughs> it's probably, in my opinion, the most compelling series of the bunch. It's the one. That the Vegas line is the tightest. Well, Hawks and Knicks also. Okay. But a lot of people have said that one's a coin flip, right? Like a lot of people think Knicks, Hawks could go either way. We'll get into it, I'm sure. Yeah, but with this one, 
you have the defending champion Heat. You have Milwaukee, who have added a lot of new pieces to their team. Mm-hmm. Rematch of last year, Heat beat them in five. So there's a lot to digest. This is the most compelling one for me. I think my now this is not going to age well because by the time people hear this, they'll know the outcome of game <laughs> one. True. But I'm still going to stay pat with what I said coming into this. I think Milwaukee beats them in four or in five. And the reason why is because you can't base what happened to Milwaukee last year when you're talking about this year because it's a completely different team that the Bucks are throwing out against the Heat this year. It's true. Uh, I'm a big Chris Middleton fan, but I think it's very safe to say that Drew Holiday is their second best player now. You add him to the bunch. Um, they just run a, t- a ton of different actions than they did last year. They have better shooters. Um, they have a lot more reliable guys just when you say, like, can you get your own shot and can you make a shot? Eric Bledsoe last year, terrible. Terrible. There's no other way to put it. Uh, several other other players just not really ready for the moment. I like a lot of their role players. Like, Portis hasn't really been in this position, but he's a... He's a dog. He uh, knows how to make shots. Drew Holiday, um, you know, that goes without saying for him. But I completely agree just that it's the most fascinating series because the Heat, you, you, I feel like we all believe the Heat 100% think they're better than the Bucks and that they can beat them. Sure. The Bucks did not run away from the matchup. We saw teams in the West run away. Uh, Clippers, uh, what can you even say for that? Nuggets, you know, people, people, uh, are these teams feeling a little bit scared about about the Lakers? The the Bucks did no such thing to get away from the Heat. This is this is the biggest test I would say ever for that team and ever for Giannis because if you go out in the first round, Bud is fired. There's a ton of self reflection with Giannis and that core, and. Um, if you want to win a championship, you have to win tough series. You have to win tough series not as much just because you need to advance, but because you need to prove to yourself that you're built for this shit. And so this is really what we're coming up to with this Bucks heat series. And the, the reason, too, I'm not even uh, too worried just about the fact that we're recording this during Game 1 is because I think oftentimes Game 1 is the feel-out series. What is this team doing when I do this? How can I exploit them here? And so when, when the teams come back to the drawing board and they and they look in the film room, like, what did they do here? It, it changes the tide. And so I think regardless of who wins game one, I agree with you that, that the Bucks are going to come out. But I would say maybe maybe give me Bucks in six or seven. So I agree on your ideology of game one is when teams sort of – it's the feeling out process – then you go back to the drawing boards. Totally agree with you. I somewhat disagree, though, for this series because I think there's also a mental aspect where if you're Milwaukee, Jimmy Butler didn't play in any of the three games that they played this year. Mm. Right? So, Milwaukee, if you drop game one, it's one of those things where mentally you're like, fuck, man, they got our number when it matters. It's true. Right? Because they got dominated last year. I know they, they lost in five, but it was like... Got dominated. Should have been four. Should have been four. So, in theory, totally agree with you. But I think with this one, like, every scenario is different. So, with this one, it's like, yo, if you're Milwaukee, you got to win game one. 
Like, you just have to. It sets the tone for the rest of the series. But also, with this Milwaukee team, you also add P.J. Tucker, who he was a guy who was like a borderline journeyman. And then he goes to Houston, and he's like their center. Like, I remember playing against the Warriors. He was grabbing boards off Boogie and Draymond and Looney and all these guys. Like, he was their big, right? right? And he's so versatile. And that's what I think this team why this team is so unique because they're so versatile especially defensively you mentioned middleton Giannis, tucker they could all come off screens drew holiday i always have that picture in my mind because i'm a big damian lillard fan he stole the soul out of that portland backcourt him and rondo yeah when the pelicans and the blazers played a couple years ago truly just absolutely just stole their soul so now you have him that you could throw at a guy like you saw it all the last year, bro. Tyler Hero gets going. He has one of those explosive quarters. Mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson comes out hot. You're Dragic. like, yo, yeah, Dragic. Now it's like, yo, let's just throw Drew on Tyler Hero now before it gets even crazier. Or like a Duncan where he's like four for five from three. Like, nah, none of, none of that shit anymore. Yeah. Like, Butler got to beat us. Bam got to beat us. So I think this first game is very, very important for Milwaukee. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um and, you know, let's say Miami does win, and I think regardless of the regular season success Bud has had, I think Spolstra has established himself as one of the best coaches in the league. I think he has the advantage here. It's really tricky to see what this what this game one will be like. Um, he's, he's the Popovich of the East. I think Spolstra yeah. is going to be able to coach until he doesn't want to. Yeah. He is. Good point. I mean, even their best player uh, maybe four years ago was Josh Richardson. Yeah. Now he's a bench player on the Mavericks. Like, and, and, and he they, kept and, his job throughout this. playing 500. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it's, it's really exceptional what he's able to do. Um, it's a great point about the Bucks. If they lose game one, you know, are they built for this? It's, it's going to be an extreme test. I think they can't get too high on the highs. They can't get too low on the lows. I think... It's been really awesome to see them do different things. They realized that, like, we got the one seed last year and we almost were on a historic pace for wins, and it meant absolutely nothing. And so I think they realized that we're going to try different things during the regular season. I am going to be fascinated if they put PJ or Giannis at the five, and so you're rolling out a lineup of Drew, DiVincenzo, Middleton, Tucker, and Giannis. Everybody can shoot. Um... With the exception of Tucker, everybody can uh, handle the ball. And um, defensively, the versatility is just crazy. Uh, I think Middleton is an underrated defender as well. And I don't see how you can really stop that lineup. I mean, the whole thing last year again, with the Bucks and the Heat is that they put Crowder on Giannis. Of course, he can't guard him one-on-one. But Giannis is going to drive to the paint, and they're going to put up a wall. They're going to put. They're going to have Butler and Bam, and Bam is gigantic – athletic versatile dude and and Giannis just there was nothing he could do uh it's it's been really awesome to see them use Giannis a lot as a screener um and just do different things offensively that gets Giannis um kind of like on the short roll or just able to make plays dishing it to the corner um because like if I'm if I'm facing the Bucks just their just their big three like I don't want any of those three guys shooting the ball but the fact that now you got a third reliable guy, which they did not have last year, if Bledsoe's shooting the ball, let him shoot it. I don't care. Mm. I want him to shoot the ball. But if you have Drew Holiday taking those shots now, it's different. It's completely different. And 
And the Heat were winning a lot of those battles around the margins last year. Like, yeah, at some points they were kind of punking the Bucks, But um, just winning those margins, um, you know, really can just turn the tide of a series. You go up 2-0 because you won two close games. I think those close games now uh, shake out in the Bucks' favor. Uh, what do you think about that? No, I agree with you. I think the Drew addition is has been great because Middleton is not a second guy. Now he's in the role that he should be. And also, I always feel like if you have two guys, they need to play different positions on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like LeBron AD works because LeBron is like the point guard for mm-hmm. that team, really, right? Yeah. Um, now it works because you have – let's talk about the Nuggets. I, I know Jamal Murray's out, but why does that work in Denver? Because you have a big and you have a little guy. Mm-hmm. That's how you should build your team, I feel like, in the NBA. Sure. And you're even looking at, like, the emergence of the Knicks this year, right? Like, you have RJ and you have Julius Randle. So that's the way you should you should have it, I think, if you want to be a serious contender. Because if you have two bigs, like remember the Pelicans had Cousins and AD? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was dope, the two Kentucky guys and their boys, but it didn't ultimately work that yeah. well. Yeah, they ended up smacking Portland in that series with Miritich to the fore. Miritich now, mm-hmm. now in Spain, uh, you know, doing his thing. But uh, he's he's a great shooter, and that just, just worked out perfectly for them. That's true. I mean, Middleton is... Um, is a great ball handler. He knows how to get his own shot. That's extremely valuable, but he's not a lead guard Mm. playmaker. So you're completely right. And even though Drew has not been known in his career as being like a one, you know, as being like a point guard, all three of them, Giannis, Middleton, and, and, and Drew, all know how to get their own shot and playmake for others. So it really just works out perfectly. And, and as far as the personality standpoint, uh, it's, I really like I really like Drew with Giannis. It's um I, you know I've heard him speak a little bit I think on JJ Reddick's podcast just about like having to kind of earn Giannis's respect, um, even just being on the same team. And uh, I think I think you're absolutely right about having that that small and the big running the show and um, uh, you know gathering chemistry together. You could say Butler and Bam too even. Right, right. Uh, let me ask you this: as we start to transition out of this series. You mentioned it before in passing how if Milwaukee gets bounced in the first round, it has franchise-altering type of um, consequences, right? Do you start second-guessing if you're Giannis? You don't have any assets because you gave them all up to get Holiday in. Mm-hmm. You're going to get rid of the coach, Coach Bud, who led to Giannis winning those MVPs too, his system. He's been a fantastic Facts. regular season head coach. I mean, even if you go back to the time when he was with the Hawks, Hawks being a one seed and like being mm-hmm. a top five seed. Dude, the, the running joke I always used to have with my buddies growing up was I'd rather compete to win a championship or tank and be in the lottery. I don't want to be the the Hawks. Facts. Who are always like an eight or seven seed. With no or, superstar. Or borderline nine seed. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to have the 15th pick in the draft again or 14th. I'm never going to get guys like that. Are there yeah. exceptions? Yeah. Giannis, middle of the first round. Kawhi. But those yeah, are like which, outliers. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... I'm going to stick, though, with uh, the Bucks winning in four or five. I really do think it's, it's, it's gut check time if you're Milwaukee. I like the, the way their team is made up. I don't think Miami is as good as they were last year. 
obviously no Oladipo as well. A move that, you know, we're talking about things completely different. They probably finish as a higher seed if they had Oladipo, who just got cleared for contact for November. So that's poor guy, man. I was a big Oladipo fan when he first mm-hmm. got to Indiana, mm-hmm. being a former uh, Hoosier. That seven-game series with Braun in 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, look, he was like an All NBA MVP candidate a couple of years back. That that first full year with with the Pacers. So, <laughs> but I'm going with Milwaukee in in four or five. I think a relatively short series. It's definitely fascinating to hear. I don't I don't think that's conventional. Uh, I don't know if conventional wisdom is the right word. I don't think that's the conventional take in the media. So that's that's really. Uh, great to hear, honestly, like uh, the kind of a bold take in that respect. Just uh, just like closing comments on the series. Um, the Heat, as much as I don't think it was a fluke, their success last year, it was almost a perfect um, accumulation of different things. Like Everything fell into place yeah. for them. We have to be honest, right? There's um, no, you play in the bubble, right? Though Miami does benefit a lot from playing in Miami, the Miami flu, mm-hmm. where teams are in South Beach for four or five days yeah. and go out partying. I've talked about it for for ages. Like, everyone knows about the Miami flu because yeah. of the pod if they listen to it. But, you know, you have Tyler Hero as a rookie who's not playing on the road in a hostile environment mm-hmm. in a game three. No expectations on him last year. Yeah, too. of course. You're playing Cr- with house money there. Crowder. I think I heard on like Zach Lowe's podcast that Crowder shot like thirty eight percent from three, or maybe even better. Like Crowder was just splashing threes, and so you look at some of this, you're like, is there going to be regression to the mean? And you got to think so. I mean, I like Ariza, I love Bam, absolutely, and but Dragic has not looked the same last year. And the reason they made the finals is because Dragic was so damn good, and the fact that Robinson and Hero were kind of plug in big big shot makers. Um, and Crowder was also big shot maker. And then you got your two stars. And then Dragic was really a third star. Like, he was playing that well. Getting into the paint, dishing the ball. Um, I don't think it's necessarily going to work out the same for them. But, you know, we'll see. That's why that's why we love this thing. And uh, the fact that these two teams have seen each other before. And the fact that, like we said, this is a, a franchise-altering series for the Bucks. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I definitely am, am just captivated by so many different elements of the series. But I'm, I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go Bucks in six. I'm gonna go in chronological order of the way the games are gonna be played out. So we'll be going east, west, east, west. It seems like, but uh, I'll make note of it as as we're going into it. So the next one up is Clippers Mavericks, four or five seed. Excuse me. Um. Clippers should get rid of them in, in, in five or six. Um, I think more five. I like the addition of Rondo on that team. Uh, it's it's really put up or shut up for, for them because Kawhi's a free agent after this year. Amen. And you gave up a lot to get Kawhi here. And you gave up a lot to get Paul George here. You do it to get those kind of guys mm-hmm. in the building, without a doubt. But the Mavericks shouldn't make this a lengthy series. You're better than them top to bottom. They have Luka, who, I mean, you go back to his numbers last year in the playoffs, what he did against them. And obviously everyone knows that iconic shot he hit in game four, I believe it was, where, you know, you you had no business 
making that series lengthy. Remember, Porzingis got ejected out of one of the games. That was ridiculous. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So with Porzingis, Porzingis, he's probably the most talented big man in this series. But what do, what do we get with him? Like, is he going to be healthy? We don't is know he gonna... his health. We don't know Kleba's health. Yeah. The Mavericks are kind of... Um, there's a lot of question marks surrounding them. But Luka is a bona fide superstar. I think that in and of itself gives them one game. But, um, man, it's, it's just weird with the Clippers. I am a big LeBron fan. And even a few weeks ago, I'm thinking to myself, like, the Clippers might win it all because it feel there's not as much talk of them being the the favorites like there was last year. So Ooh, that pressure. So you isn't think they're there. kind of flying under the radar? I think that that was the case, but I think a lot of people now are realizing, like, internally for the Clippers, if you don't make the conference finals, what are you doing? Like, you you were picked by most people to win the chip last year. You. Now bring in Rondo, that last piece, that last yeah. element of a leader, of someone who's been there before. And you're looking at kind of the way things are opening up. The Nets might be even better next year, right? The Lakers might be even better next year. The Nuggets, the Nuggets probably would have been my pick to win it all if Murray stayed healthy. Yeah. I, know you, I know you have been on them for a while. And so that's all just to say that if you're the Clippers, you're looking at these hobbled teams in the Lakers – and to a lesser extent, the Nets, that's more of a lack of a cohesion. And how do you not look at that and say, this is our year? There's no excuses anymore. Your team's healthy. You have, um, you have this path that you've almost kind of created for yourselves by them being in the four seed. And um, I don't think this series is going to be... I think there's going to be a couple games where the Clippers are getting out to 20-point leads, and I think the Mavericks steal one game close. But, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say Clippers take it in five. And I'm also just going to say that the Clippers have no excuses not to make the finals. I don't care if you say that the Lakers are better, because I do believe if the Lakers are healthy, they're better. But that doesn't mean it's an excuse. you got, you got to be better. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the finals. I do agree with them making it to the conference finals is like what the floor should be for them. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, especially when you have teams like Phoenix and Utah as your top two. Well, Utah and Phoenix as your top two seeds. And like people have been sort of not believing in them mm-hmm. all year. Uh, sucks if you're Phoenix, which we'll get to in a little bit. Like you wait all this time to make the playoffs. And of course, you got to play LeBron in them. I, I wasn't on the Clippers last year at all. Really? Yeah, and the reason why was because what have they proved? What have those players proved? Outside of Kawhi, what has anyone proved in the playoffs? Another thing that people know about this show is the Paul George playoff resume. It is ridiculous for a guy that's that talented, who I thought was the MVP of the year that he was there with Russ on the Thunder. Interesting. He finished third. He finished yeah. third. I, I would have picked him for MVP because of both sides of the ball he was amazing he was yeah sensational but it's like yo bro you've had 30 point games in the playoffs and then you have those like two for 18 (laughs) seven points with four of them coming at the line like he's had some crazy playoff woes and that fourth quarter the debacle in game seven last year in the bubble against the nuggets and look he came out and he said like the mental health stuff and it was it was a weird situation for him because he was away from his family I get it. I don't like to play around with the mental health stuff because I've suffered Not from that too. But 
I understand people saying like, yo, everyone was in that mm-hmm. same position too. It's not like it was Paul George and the Clippers that were in the bubble. It's like everyone was yep. dealt the same hand. Exactly. So Paul George comes out game one today and has like a seven for 26 shooting performance. Twitter's going to be pretty <laughs> aggressive against Paul George. Yeah. And any any game that he's going to have one of those, because it's going to happen because that's his track record for the last decade he's been in the league. Facts. So for me... I agree with you that they should make the conference finals. I don't see them as a finals team. The Rondo addition, I think, is huge. Luka's going to win one game for them. Luka's going to have a 38, 15, and 12 and just like just takes over. And, and it'll be those games where like Hardaway is, is 7 of 9 from 3, just yeah. catches fire. But it's, it's too much firepower for the Clippers, man. You should, you should get rid of them in 5. Yeah, I agree. Uh Twitter takes absolutely no prisoners. I think we saw that last night with the uh, the talk about Steph Curry. Um, I don't know if there's ever – I mean, the NFL does it a bit, but I don't know if there's ever been a league where just – well, I think it is because the NBA is so superstar-driven, so uh, fans are a lot more uh, fans of, like, individual players than they are an entire team. And so the slander just goes out there. It's like, oh, y'all were talking about Russ not being able to, to take a team to the playoffs, but he's in now. Steph couldn't do that. Right, so it's just it's always constant comparisons. Just wanted to touch on that point. Um, yeah, you know it's interesting. I have acknowledged how good Utah's looked all year, um, but Donovan Mitchell has not been healthy. Mike Conley hasn't been very healthy. Even if those two were completely healthy, can I really, in my in my heart, say that they're going to beat the Lakers or Clippers? No, it's Utah. Do I? Because a lot of the time it just comes down to: Is your best player better than my best player? Is your second best player even better than my second best player? Um, you know, we're talking about the Clippers. I just, I think they're the one team that can really beat the Lakers. If Denver was Denver was healthy, I would absolutely pick them. But uh, I'm not picking, of course, Denver, Portland. Um, you know, we'll touch on Phoenix, but. Uh, that's all to say, too, that, again, like, the Clippers have this chance. If Paul George is having a dud and is mentally not in it, I expect to see Rondo, like, bro, get your fucking head in the game, right? He's screaming, um, as he should. Uh, Ibaka has championship experience. So we'll see with them. I mean, it's like, uh, just getting back to the point, like, you just have no excuses. You have built this path for yourself. If you win this series, I believe you'd be going up against uh, – the uh, they'd be going up against Utah. Yeah, yeah, the Memphis. Utah Utah Memphis winner. Yeah, right. And so um, I just think they I just think they match up well in that in that series as well because Gobert is not really a go to offensive center and that's kind of their 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 weakest position. The other thing about the Clippers too is just um, they're they're a heavy heavy jump shooting team. I know Ty Lue has, has really um, done great things for their offense, but their jump shooting team, if those aren't going in and you're not able to play uh, stellar defense, I know there was so much talk last year about their defense being um, impossible to get around. I don't think their defense is so staunch. Um, I think second round is going to be really interesting for them. Like, what is, what is going on in their, in their mental as an organization, as a team uh, in the second round? Rondo didn't lose last year with them, right? So he's not really thinking about that. The core of the team, are they thinking, what's going on at Paul George's head in the second round series if Joe Ingles is, is fucking picking on Paul George again? What's Joe going on in their head? 
Dude, I was I remember making jokes how when Paul George wanted that Supermax, I would have just had a <laughs> if I was a GM to like negotiate less money, yeah. which would never work, but just to be funny, I'd be like, yo, Joe Ingles, like, yeah. like on a spotlight, like this guy was in your in, in your bag, bro, just fucking locked you up. He was, bro. You got a guy with the the beer belly doing that too. Yeah. So it's all jokes. Joe Ingles is a really great player, but um Listen, if no. you find your role with a team, I mean, there's there's a bunch of teams we're going to get into in a little bit where guys have been around for a while and they get made fun of, but they find a role with a team and then before you know it, no, you're a big facts. part of them. That's, that's nothing but facts. There's going to be some series that we're going to spend more time than others. This next one, I think, is going to be one of the others that we're not going to spend much time on. Boston against the Nets. Uh, I, I made a joke and... People don't seem to have a sense of humor on social media sometimes, but I said Brooklyn in three because Boston's <laughs> going to forfeit game four. Uh, they they should sweep them. Um, Boston has underachieved greatly this year. Um, if you're Kemba, I think the spotlight is on you because we know mm-hmm. what Tatum's going to do. Now we know Jalen Brown. I also think Boston sort of tanked the season mentally. Um, even them coming in as a team that played in the playing game, the fact that you shut down Jalen Brown there sort of tells me that you're kind of checked out as an organization. Yeah. And Well, what about Brad Stevens' comments playing into that too? It's going to be hard for anyone to beat the Nets. I don't see how you could do it. Something like that. Right, right. You're already thinking about, uh, you know, fucking the Bahamas or Jamaica, <laughs> wherever they, they plan or, on going. Or if Brad Stevens thinking about the Midwest. Yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, I think uh, some team offered them in college big money to go and coach. Indiana. Yeah. Indiana, yeah. I think that was it. Um, but, yeah, man, I just think, like, this one, the, the most interesting thing is Harden, Durant, and Kyrie have played just eight games together. What is it going to look like defensively? Yeah. What is it going to look like if one of these games is, you know, 95-100 and Boston is up? Like, who becomes the alpha? Is the other guy going to get pissed off in post-game? But I think this is a perfect scenario for them. If I was the Nets and this was the Wizards... I'd be a little more worried than I am now. Not saying yeah. that the Wizards would have beat him, but like you'd have Russ coming at you 100 miles per hour, maybe 150 miles per hour, especially with the Durant factor. Yep. You have Bradley Beal. They've also been playing really, really well. They started off 3-15, and did Washington, and since then they have like the fifth best record in the East. Right. So this is the perfect case for the Nets. Not having your three guys play together a lot, Still trying to figure out what your rotation is going to be when the game is on the line. Blake Griffin has become like the fourth best player, (laughs) most important player on their team. He's had a resurgence in his career. Obviously, that's always something that gets factored in. When you're playing on bum teams and then all of a sudden you're on a team that's favored to win a championship, you're going to get some extra juice. I talked about this way, way back. I'm not even the biggest baseball fan, but I dabble in like the sports betting world. And I talked about like when Justin Verlander went from the Tigers to the Astros. They're like, Good yo, analogy. he's kind of he's washed. He's at the tail end. I was like, dude, he's been playing on Detroit. They win 70 games a year. Now he's going to Houston where they're ready to win a World Series. It's going to revitalize his career. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like if you're, if you're working at some job and you hate it and then all of a sudden you go to your dream job or a scenario where like there's going to be more eyes on you. You're going to be making more money, bigger spotlight. Uh-huh. You're going to be rejuvenated. So that's what I think happened here with Blake. With all that being said, they should win in four. 
I want to see what the rotations are going to be like. Who's going to be playing big for for um, the Nets? Yep. Because you got like Claxton, Blake, Jeff Green. They rolled out at center too. Yep. And I want to see what that's going to look like. Yeah, certainly. You know, don't need to go off too much about this series. There should not. It should not be competitive. If Jalen Brown was in it, yeah, I'd say it'd be competitive. But um, their talent level drops off so much that Boston just does not have people to run out there. Like, are you telling me who, like, who's going to guard their three players? It's just there's no one to guard. Evan Fournier is going to guard Harden. Kemba's going to guard Kyrie. It's just, it's, just not, it's just not feasible for this to be a competitive series. I think it's honestly ideal if you're Brooklyn. You're saying, like, okay, we're getting a slight test defensively with Tatum. How can we shut him down? What are our rotations going to be like? And then offensively, now we have this time to get our chemistry underfoot. Um, you got your three stars. Honestly, I must say it's been really cool to see Harden almost as like a perfect fit personality-wise with Kyrie and, and Durant. Yeah. Right? I think that that was a little bit of a of a talking point. Of course, whenever you're talking about Kyrie, how are people going to fit? And and Harden is just like just like a calm dude. Um, you know, whatever he is, I think it just works and. I think uh, your prediction of three games isn't too far off. I want to go off on Harden a little bit in, in a positive, positive way. I want to defend him. How do you feel about James Harden first? I want, I want to ask that. So I actually really like him. I think it's gone too far um, yes, slander. absolutely. I would say about five, six years ago, I was not the biggest fan. And I don't even know why. Um, sometimes there's a certain player or a certain team that you just – just don't rock with the most um you know and he was and he was heavily like you know and this shouldn't really factor in but sometimes subconsciously it even does like dating chloe kardashian he's making these like silly rap videos i'm just like yo like uh, i just can't really get into this guy but um i think it goes too far for people disliking his play style. Now, if you're foul hunting at the end of a game, I'm not going to like that. You should not be doing that. You should not be looking at the ref to bail you out when you need to hit a big shot. But Harden is a lot more checked. Oh, it's also in the past. Um, I didn't I didn't like his complete uh, failure to play defense. But at the end of the day, too, it's like for, for he, he pushed several people out of Houston that I think has also – earned him the ire of, of several fans. It's like, I think a lot of people realize now, probably even hard on himself, you should have you kept Chris Paul. You should have made it work, right? You guys were so close, should have made it work. You shouldn't have um, overreacted and tried to get Westbrook. Um, I, just, I just think that he is a all-time talent, a generational player. Um, we may never see something like him again. And... And and I I very much enjoy watching him play. I think it's been awesome the fact that Harden and Kyrie both have said, all right, Harden's a point guard, Kyrie, to himself, uh, to the to the media, I'm the two guard. That's how we're gonna do things. And Kyrie still gets his shots. He still mm. gets his his uh, time with the ball. And so I just think it's awesome to watch. And um, I think people who are who are real staunch Harden haters need to like uh actually see what he brings to the game and to the league more and do some self-reflection so there's a lot to digest there i i feel as if harden has become sort of you know who he reminds me of a lot matthew stafford and here's why because matthew stafford was a guy who was underrated 
then became overrated because he got paid. Right. And then Harden gets his own team, starts winning MVP, should have been the MVP in 2016. I'm going to die on that hill. I don't yeah. care. The history of the league, a six-seed guy has never won MVP. Triple-double. Or, or was it 2015? Because 16 was the 73-win season. Okay, so it was 2017 then. Okay. It was 2017. Oh, oh the, oh, the Westbrook. The, the Westbrook, Westbrook triple-double, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Russ... The next two years after that, averaged a triple-double <laughs> and was going lower and lower. Shows how arbitrary it is, yeah. It's the dumbest thing. The, the triple-double is the dumbest thing. <laughs> if you have 38, 9, and 6, I have 15, 13, and 11. Who had a better game? Yeah. I did because I had a triple-double per NBA Twitter. Yeah. But you did if we're watching basketball. But anyway, back to Harden. Dude, the only team that gave the Warriors, that core of Warriors, the 2015 to 2019 Warriors, a fit was Houston. Straight up. D'Antoni, Harden, spread the floor. You facilitate. Guys get in the corner. They were pushing them to the limits, and they would have beat yeah. them if Chris Paul don't get hurt, man. Yeah. I really believe that. Switch everything on defense. And, and that was with Durant. Yeah. That was with Durant, this unstoppable force. You would have been able to to get through. It it took Cojones to even make that push to say, like, we're not bowing down. And the and the Cavs didn't bow down either, of course. But with those those Durant years, Houston really was the main team that just said, like, no, nah, we can beat you, right? I'm sure internally Houston was like, No, Harden's better than Steph, right? Harden's better than Durant. Um, and Chris Paul has been here before. And that's what you need to think as an organization. My best player is better than yours. It reaches a certain point where you can't say that, of course. Um, but it, it really it really was commendable what that team did, and, and Harden was the driving factor behind it. Uh, it's, I can't even overstate that enough. Yeah. Like it, it, they there gave, was nothing without him. Yeah, they gave, they gave Golden, Golden State their, their biggest fits, and I think a lot of that, if not all of that, has to do with James Harden. So I think now with him coming to the Nets, he wins a title. I think you start thinking about him differently. Yep. I bet him to oh, be 100%. NBA Finals MVP from now. 13 like to 1. That. I like that. Uh, uh, and I like the analogy you made about Stafford, too. Now let's see if, let's see if he can win because Harden's done some winning. I know people talk about his failures, but let's well, see. Well, um, do, do you like to gamble? No. No. But I am interested, and I was—I even forgot to ask you what the line on the Milwaukee Miami series was. So that was minus three fifteen Milwaukee plus two fifty five Miami. Okay. Reason why I know that off the top of my head is because I've wagered on that series. Right. But what I did was going back to that series a little bit. I bet them at minus one ten to win Game One and the series Milwaukee, because. The narrative, the mental thing that I was mm -hmm. talking about. If you don't win game one and you're Milwaukee, you're probably playing into the whole, fuck, they got our number thing. Yep. By the way, it's almost halftime. Two minutes left. It's 45-43 Milwaukee. So it's a tight game. Interesting. Let's move on to the Nuggets and the Blazers. Let's do it. Seems like a lot of people are picking Denver. I don't get it. Why? Mm. Why don't I get it? What would, what would you say I'm not seeing here? So why are people feeling good about the Blazers? I think 
Uh, no, why are people feeling good about the Nuggets? Because oh, I, I think the Blazers are going to win this series. Mm. Man, it's tough. I, I don't, I don't really know. I, I guess people are feeling the high off Jokic as they very well should be. The X factor completely is Michael Porter Jr. Can he put up twenty-five to thirty a game? If he can, I like the Nuggets. I see this going to seven, regardless of anything. Um, I do think, and this is another point Zach Lowe made on his podcast. Um, the the Nuggets went out and get Aaron Gordon to to to, uh, to guard these bigger wings in the West, and they draw they draw the team with the, the with guards no and and no and yeah, no yeah, wings yeah, that you yeah. got to worry about. But um, you know why why is the media infatuated with with Denver at least in this series? Man, I guess it's just because you look at Jokic and you say he's unstoppable. Granted, Nurkic defends him very well. Um, used those, to be teammates. Uh, they used to be teammates, so you know that comes into play. You yeah. know Nurkic wants that matchup. You know he thinks about the the practices that those two had. You know, uh, Jokic testing out his stuff in practice. What can, uh, what can I do to defend that? Uh, this is this is a, a definitely very interesting series as well. If it's Jamal Murray, give me the give me the Nuggets in five. Of course he's not there. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I can't I can't even right now get into the head of of a lot of the uh, the media or just um, or just the betters picking the Nuggets. But where's your head at with this, and and why are you kind of so against against that? I'm wondering. Well, I think the one thing with with the Blazers this year, and why I think. Damian Lillard deserved MVP votes at the time when I had that conversation. This was maybe with like 20 games to go. And why I think he should be a shoe-in for All-NBA first team, especially mm. if you move Luka to like a forward slot, right? Because yeah. like I think the locks I think the locks are Giannis, Jokic, and Curry. Yep. And then it all comes down to what are they doing with Luka? Are they putting Luka as a guard or are they putting him as a forward? Yep. Because now it's three forwards, two backcourt guys. Well, it's it's three front court. Three backcourt is the way they've sort of put it together. Yeah, Luca's allowed to be in both. Right. So depending on what you do with that, if you put him a guard, I'd say Luca at the guard. But I think Dame should be in there because he carried that Blazers team when they didn't have CJ McCollum for a little I bit. I agree with that. It's it's probably going to be, I and I think Luca deserves to make first team as well. So I think then it comes down to is it Dame or Kawhi, and that's the two. I'd probably go Dame because Kawhi sat a lot more than Dame. And yeah. also the idea of keeping that team afloat without CJ McCollum as best player. Yeah, and Paul George had a really good year, too. Yeah. Um, the thing for me about Portland is, like, I can never just wrap my head around it. It's like they kind of overachieve, like, whatever. So 2019, they make the Western Conference Finals and go out in four to the Warriors. Right. This is a Warriors team without Durant at this point. Yes. So I just don't get it, man. It's like Dame – I love Dame. I have – I have said before he's the best leader in the NBA. Um, there's never any drama. He just leads. He leads by example. He makes big shots all the time, and he's clearly just built for it. And so it doesn't make sense to me sometimes when they just collapse. Now, you can say that Klay Thompson's guarding him the whole time. You can say Drew Holiday's guarding him, those, those, two, um, those two series where they get swept. But it's like I, I just I can never really feel confident in picking them because even though I trust in Dame so much, I don't really trust the coach, and I just have no tangible reason to understand why sometimes when they really should make a series competitive, they just can't. 
Like that 2019 series to me, when they'd go out in four to the Warriors, was just a, a final realization to me. It's like, I don't care who they get as a forward. They're never winning a championship. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's a little bit unfair for them because that series, I remember reading how it was the first time in NBA history that a team got swept but had a double-digit lead in all four of those games. I think they were le- right. They were leading in halftime. That's an, that's another reason. It's like well, that was why, that core man? of that why? was that, but that was that core of Warriors team where they they'd have those the monumental third quarter runs, third quarter runs <laughs> like forty to twenty three output. That's true. That's true. And bro, Steph has shown that. I don't even know. Can you can you put any words to him? Just because the off ball movement is insane, mm. and he just will back cut you to death if you're over. Um, if you're overpressing him on the three-point line. But, you know, and Clay Thompson is really built like that, too. It's just the Warriors were roll. Uh, sorry, the, the, the Blazers were rolling so much that year, and they got swept. Um, I, I can see them definitely winning some close games against Denver. I can see this being possibly the most competitive series in the entire league, in the entire offs. Um, but ultimately, I just cannot feel confident in the Blazers enough. So I would go Nuggets. Um I think Jokic goes absolutely nuclear. I think I think uh, Jokic has cemented himself as a clear top five, if not top three, player in the league. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going with the Blazers. I just trust that backcourt a lot. Battle tested in the playoffs, they seem to pull upsets. I mean, if you're looking at the Vegas lines and the seeding, it'd be an upset. But I just think, I think it's a completely different series if Murray is in. That goes without saying. But, you know, Portland is number two in the league in three-point attempts. And the the Blazers also knock them down. Sixth highest in the league three-point percentage. Now, the Nuggets have a lot of guys out, and they don't have a lot of shooting right now. Um, And and Powell is also a, a new threat. Uh, especially, it's been talked about his his game and transition adds a whole another element to the Blazers. So is McCollum is McCollum healthy though? Pretty healthy. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is just going to be damn fascinating then, because if Jokic can pull this off, I know he, I know he's the favorite. It almost feels to he's me he's been playing. Sorry, but he's been playing like thirty five plus minutes in the last couple right. of games, so I, I would assume he's healthy. Okay. 24, 27, and 26 in his last three games in the regular season. Okay. So they're, so they're clearly trying to get him ramped up. But, mm-hmm. of course, you're not going to give him 36 when he's coming back. Um, just just final comment. I think it's a testament to how good Jokic has been this year, especially carried over from that um, surprising, you would say, Western Conference uh, run that that the Nuggets made last year. It's almost like a. It's almost like the LeBron factor. It's like even when their team is worse, and the team outside of Jokic with Murray being injured is clearly worse than the Blazers. It's a testament to just how good Jokic is that a lot of people are favoring favoring him in the series. People are essentially saying Jokic is better than Dame mm-hmm. and a good amount better than Dame because I'm gonna pick the Nuggets still, even though they're they're hobbled. All right, before we get into the Sunday Slate Patreon roll call, shout out to the members of the Patreon, but in particular, Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, Derek Plates, Miami Heat fan, Derek Plates, Devin Rendon, Jake Powers, Corey Johnson Hoops, Mike Wozniak, and my guy, Buffalo's finest, Ryan Pisner. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. For as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. 
and get a lot of extra shit if you become a member of the Patreon. Conrad, on to Sunday. And we're going to start Sunday with... Let's start with the Knicks, man. I love it. We got to start with the Knicks. And I know I said that we were going to go in order of, you know, times played. The Knicks have the second to last game of the night. But we got to talk about the Knicks. Four or five matchup against the Hawks. One thing's for sure. Julius Randle. I don't know how to put it in like kind terms, but has been absolutely just violating the Hawks this year. Uh, in the three games that they played, he is averaging over 37. He had two 40-point outbursts against them, 28 in the other game. They have nothing for him. Like there's, there's, They have nothing to stop him. Well, DeAndre Hunter has been injured for a while now, and they're getting him back. So that's the one thing that he's a big 3-4. We'll see if he even starts. So mm-hmm. that's something to consider. Um, but also, coming back... Playing a guy like Randall, the level he's been playing this year, I think that's a lot for a guy who's unproven. Now in the playoffs, you know the Garden is going to be out of control. They've already sold out like oh, the yeah. the capacity that was within minutes, yeah. and then you have Harden <laughs> campaigning like you know fifty yeah. percent off. First of all, I want to get into that. This, this last week, since the seating was established. Shows you exactly who runs this town. If it was ever a debate, and it wasn't a debate, but there are some people that wanted to say, like, you know, the Knicks just come back out of nowhere this this one year, and now all of a sudden it's like the Knicks are back. Well, yeah, that's just how it is. They're the the fourth most valuable franchise in all the sports, and they've been a dumpster fire for 20 years. No lies told. The Nets have three generational talents. They're the favorites to win the title. They're the most likely favorite to get to the finals out of the East. And nobody in New York City gives a fuck about the Nets. I don't get it. I mean, I know people are fans of the Nets. I myself have been a fan of the Nets since they moved to Brooklyn. I don't understand... The, the call from Harden to pay for a half of fans' tickets. I mean, especially if you're not at full capacity, how are you not getting fans in the building? Um, doesn't make sense to me. But it's a Knicks town. Um, I've written articles in the past even about the Nets, uh, you know, t- taking over New York. Just, just when they made those splash signings to get Durant and Kyrie, and the Knicks seemed like they are just in absolute purgatory of being a mess for years. Um, of course, I have to walk that back, but I've had had people comment or send uh, DM me like, "You still think, still think the uh, the Nets run New York like stupid and just like cursing me out and shit." It's just funny. Um, all of it is just a complete indication that it's a Knicks town, always will be. It the, always will be. And the and I th- and the Nets know that too. Yeah. The Nets know that like we're not and, necessarily and, trying to get Knicks fans. We're trying to get people on the fringes. Right. Well, here's the thing though. It's a it's a Knicks sports town across the board. More so than the Yankees, more so than the Giants. Yeah, it's a it's a basketball city, right? It's a is it really city. more than the Yankees it's, though? It's a basketball city. It is the only team of the other sports, that was a professional team that only one team from that city 
was represented in that league. Mm. Mets and Yankees, MLB, Giants, Jets, NFL, Islanders, Rangers, NHL, and the NBA up until the move to Brooklyn, which is about a decade now. Even less. Even less. It was a Knicks town. So no one dominates the airways on talk radio in New York, uh, newspapers, more than when the Knicks are winning. And we're talking about just winning like four games in a row. (laughs) And like the middle of a January. Yep. It's well, just, that's yeah. just, the thing I know about Yankee the... fans are going to be outraged. I know some Giant fans might be outraged, but that's just the truth. It's it's yeah. a Knicks town, top to bottom. Right. Um, the thing that's, the thing that I think also play, that factors in is that the Knicks have a lot of old head fans. And so that just carries over. I think it carries over to, uh, you know, their lineage. And, um, you know, people just love basketball in New York. Mm-hmm. There's, com- there's competition sometimes. People talking about what's the basketball city, Chicago, New York. No, 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 no. Other. That's th- th- those people are idiots. Um, <laughs> I've never heard that one. I, I think it's always been unanimously New York. Okay. Every megastar NBA player ever loves playing at the Garden. No one ever comes, but that's a different conversation. It's a fact. My change. My change. My change. Now that you actually have a team that you can build around. Also, we need to start talking about Julius Randle mm-hmm. as a borderline superstar, especially how he played this I think year. He sh- I think he should make second team, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I was campaigning for him to make first team in the event that you put Luka as a guard, the other forward spot. But going back to the series, because we could dedicate a whole episode to, to, to the Knicks. Yeah. Um, Trey Young, first playoff appearance for him. Uh. I'm fascinated to see what it's going to look like for him in the playoffs. Is he going to get some of those fouls that he was getting in the regular season? Now you're going to have some vets that you're going to throw at him defensively. Uh, One thing that's important to note, the Knicks swept the season series, but the Hawks had a different coach in two of those three games. Bogdanovich has come back Mm -hmm. now too. And Bogdanovich, there was parts during the season when Trey Young was out that it felt like they played better with him running the show than with Trey Young. Trey Young is more flashy, more explosive, more of an NBA Twitter kind of guy. He fits that role for when Trey Young gets going, you know, NBA Twitter goes crazy. But I think for me, the biggest thing in this series is that they have nothing for Julius Randle. There's also going to be. It's going to be close to 6,000 Knicks fans in the arenas, <laughs> but it's going to sound like there's 30,000 people in there. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are saying in seven identical records, they both finished 41 and 31, but I see this one potentially being a five or six game series in favor of the Knicks. I see the Knicks taking it as well. Um, I see a lot of people have pitted it basically against Knicks have a lot more toughness they might, they might, and I would say they do have the best player in the series. But outside of that, the Hawks have more talent. Um, we I would agree with that yeah. sentiment for sure. Yeah. The Knicks don't really have a good team. They play well together. They have a guy who they built around in Randall. RJ has taken a step up. Yeah, a lot of good defense. But I feel like if you were to do the the top ten players in this series, I think you'd have more Hawks than you would. Yeah, Knicks. definitely, definitely. But the first one would be a Nick, but and I and I think you give the the edge to Thibodeau too. Yeah, 
yeah, McMillan has had his collapses, and I don't think it's fair. What about the comments that about uh, McMillan, what he said? I think he probably wouldn't make that if he had the choice again, just because it's become a story. It's just stupid. Um, I think I need to actually hear the soundbite because sometimes reading it is different than hearing it. Like if, right. he, if he said it with just kind of like a chuckle, then it's like, all right, he's just making a joke. Like he's trying to maybe like give his team an excuse. I don't know. It's just a stupid comment because it's like we hear enough about the NBA rigging stuff. Like don't just play into that. Don't be a coach and say that, right? Yeah, and but New also, York has been unlucky for so many years. Yeah, exactly. If if the NBA was rigged and they wanted the Knicks <laughs> to be good, they'd be good for the last two decades. But they'd they have Zion. Yeah, yeah, they yeah they would have rigged that draft. Have Zion, <laughs> right? Love R.J. Barrett, but still there are levels to that. Facts. You know, so. Yeah, you can't you can't say some shit like that. They would have had Stupid. Golden State in the playoffs too if they if it was rigged like that. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So I don't I don't buy into that notion. I never did. It's uh it's very interesting with the Hawks because they can have so many different lineups. Like we, we sometimes we forget they have Gallinari. Of course, Ga- oh yeah, Danilo yeah. Revenge. John John Collins can play backup five, and you play him with Gallinari. But you can also Capella has been one of the most underrated players the whole year. It's going to be fascinating him against Noel. Um, I definitely agree with you that, like, Randall might just have, like, he's already had a breakout season. He might have a breakout playoff series that people who have been casuals to the Knicks this year start looking at, and they're like, damn, like, he's a top 12 player in the league. Mm -hmm. Like, he's really like that. Um, I got to take back what I said earlier that the Blazers-Nuggets series is the most fascinating. I think this is. The fact that they are both new to the playoffs, the fact that there's star power on both sides. I'm not the biggest Trey Young fan, but I'm also extremely excited to see what he's able to do. I don't think he's gonna get those ticky tack fouls. I would hope, like we were saying earlier with, with Harden like being in the past, like searching for for fouls to bail you out. Like we no we don't wanna see that, man. Trey Young, step into your shot like you're gonna make it. Don't step into it like you're hoping the ref blows his whistle. Um, how could another another very crucial part of the series is of course Trey Young is putrid on defense. Mm. How do they hide him? Right, um, the Celtics few a few years ago with Isaiah Thomas was the same height, so essentially same type of defender, uh, maybe slightly better. But when you're that height, there's only so much you can do. You know they hit him very well that Celtics team. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see whether the Knicks can exploit him on defense. You know. Um, I would constantly hunt that matchup, even though they're not a big matchup hunting team. Can they do that? Peyton, um, you know, it, it's uh, it's interesting and, and I must say a little bit funny sometimes seeing Knicks fans explode on him when he's just having a terrible game. It's like, Tibbs, man, take him out a bit earlier. Mm. Um, but, you know, can him... Ro- well, you know can I- him, Rosenberg's, exploit Trey Young? That'll be very fast. But I like... I- I might be in the minority here, but I like that they bring Rose off the bench because you have Derrick Rose who still can get to his spots. He's not as explosive as he once was, obviously, but... He's quick, though, for sure. Yeah, and he's going up against second-teamers. So he's going yeah, up against second-teamers. That's why he looks so great. And and Tibbs wanted him. Good Tibbs point. knew. Tib know, Tib, Tom Thibodeau knows him the best right. of any any coach... Same with Taj. I, I love that second unit, and 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 Rose has clearly, very clearly, made Obi Toppin better, more mm-hmm. confident. I would say, even though quickly is not getting as much reps as he was early in the year, I would imagine that Rose is helping out with his development as well. 
Um, Burks has been great for them all year. And, um, but you know, the Hawks have a lot of intrigue. Like this is good. This is also Bogdanovich's first run in the playoffs. He's on, he's on a Kings team that, uh, are they going to make the playoffs in the next 10 years even? Who like, knows, man? What? It, who cares? You know, we, were, we were talking, we were, uh, I mentioned the before about guys. This was a series I was talking about guys that have been in the league for a while and they finally found their roles on different organizations. Bogdanovich, right. Reggie Bullock. Yeah. Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel now. You know, he was a, a top, what was he, the sixth pick for the Sixers? Seventh? He was part of the whole process. He was. They sent him to the Pelicans, but he was supposed to be a superstar. A yeah. Star. He was but to but he star. got hurt in college. He, he tore his yeah. ACL before coming out. They still took a stab at him. And now he's on the Knicks, and he's found the role. They're not asking him to do anything but defend, which is great. Yeah. And you just find your role, bro. Yeah. Like, Listen, there's some people, I talk about this in particular when it comes to NFL coaches. There are some guys that get hired for head coaching positions that are not suited to be head coaches. They don't have the charisma or yeah. the vibe of a head coach. And, yo, there's nothing wrong with being Robin. Facts. Some guys are, are Batman. Some guys are Robin. Facts. When you try to alter their positioning, that's when you get shit like the Giants hiring Pat Shermer. It's yeah. like, oh, Pat Shermer. I knew they were going to get a new head coach before the press conference. <laughs> That's a fact. And they got him. They got a new coach in like <laughs> 22 games. Right. So it's just he didn't have that thing to be a head coach. Man, that translates to life as well. Some people are just not leaders, and there's nothing fucking wrong with that, you know? There isn't at all. And, um, and the people that are, it's not even just about leading a group of people. It's those one-on-one -on -one conversations. You're talking about finding a role. Oftentimes, you find that role because your coach speaks to you one-on-one -on -one and says, I believe in you, and this is what you got to do, right? I don't know, of course, what Tibbs and Noel's conversations are like. I don't know how he told Bullock, this is exactly what we need from you, but uh, it has been awesome to watch those two ball. Um, man, it's just, just bringing a smile to my face, even just, just thinking about now the Knicks in the garden, they have one of the best commentating crews in the league. Mike Breen is an absolute legend. Of course, Clyde Frazier. I'm so hyped to see what the Knicks are able to do. Um, like you, I think they take it from the Hawks. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's quick, too, if it's in five. Like some, A lot of people are picking the Hawks as well, thinking that they just have too much talent for the Knicks to, uh, for the Knicks to handle. But at the well, same time, this. I've been watching this Knicks team all year, and they're not fucking scared. Yeah, if if the Hawks want to win this series, it better be in six. You're not winning Game Seven in the Garden. <laughs> they're gonna burn that shit down before they let the Hawks win that game. Wow. A Game That's Seven a in the Garden, bro. After all this time, yeah. oh my god, a part of me wants to see it, right? Just because that energy is gonna be absolutely ridiculous. But there's no way you're the Hawks and you make it to seven and you win in there. Like you better, you better clean it up Game Six in Atlanta. Yeah, well, the X Factor too, and you brought him up earlier, is Barrett. I forget what game I was watching earlier. Uh, another Lakers game because that was an awesome game. I don't know if you if you caught that. It was just big shot after big shot. Uh, LeBron wasn't playing, but AD making big shots, Randall making huge shots. Barrett had a very poor game, and you realize like if Barrett had a better offensive game, they win. So mm. what I think is that if Barrett has a pretty good series offensively, the Knicks take it comfortably. Yeah. If he doesn't. It becomes more interesting because I know what he can do on defense, but the Hawks have a lot of guys who can score, bro. Trey Young gets Capella his buckets. He gets himself his buckets. Bogdanovich can score. Herder can hit shots. Collins hits shots. And that's just not even thinking about Lou Will off the bench. Hunter, Reddish, we'll see what they can do. Um, there's so many, so many interesting things to pick on in this series. 
I'm not picking against the Knicks, though. All right, let's move on to the next series that's on the menu. Actually, no, not on the menu, but let's talk about the other series in the East, the last one, Sixers, Wizards, Embiid versus Russ. I didn't know the the hostility was so prevalent between the two of them. Yeah, have you seen that that video? Yeah, I watched a, a little bit of a like a Instagram. There was like a five six slide back when he was with the Thunder. Yep. Embiid fouls him pretty hard. Then Embiid gets at him for man. If I had thirty three shots, I'd get forty or whatever Russ had. And then right. the reporter asked Russ, "Are things good with you and Joel?" Yeah. He's like, "Fuck no." Yeah. So I like that. I like a little hostility. You know why, man? It we seems like it. the the NBA has gotten so player friendly guys are training together in the off season and all that shit and a lot of guys teaming up to play together so when you do have some animosity it's a little refreshing a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent you mentioned before you know as, as crazy the offensive talent that brooklyn has wizards might have matched up better with them it's tough to think of this series being extremely competitive just because westbrook does his damage in the paint and is there a better paint defender in the league than Embiid? I mean, is there a better guy to guard Westbrook in the league than Ben Simmons? Is there a better guy to guard Bradley Beal in the league than mm -hmm. Matisse Tybel? So the Sixers have these defensive weapons, and the fact that the Wizards do not have any sort of depth is is um, is um does not bode well for them. Nothing really bodes well for them, of course. You're playing the one seed. The Sixers look better this year than they ever have. Um, the Sixers, it's conference final or bust. I just think uh, it's definitely going to be exciting. Uh, it's it's almost even more fun to talk about just the animosity between those two than the actual on the court what what we might see. Um, I I think I think both of them. It's almost like is you get these kind of weird feuds right it's like almost like the hardened Giannis one it's like why do these two guys dislike each other right it's almost like they just don't like each other's games I can imagine Westbrook looking at Embiid and saying like okay yeah he's big but like is he that skilled um Westbrook thinks he's the best player in the in the game as he should Embiid probably looks at Westbrook and he's like like yeah this guy's got a lot of energy but he's, he's jacking up a bunch of bricks too so uh I don't know how much these guys actually respect each other it doesn't seem like at all if if um if anything but it's just going to be this is a series that you want to watch just because you want to watch these two go at go after each other so and we were talking about how Randall should dominate in the series i think the same goes for Embiid in this one uh, i know Gafford's been pretty interesting for for the Wizards and has was everything that Jan Mahimi was supposed to be for them <laughs> when they brought him in. But I think they have... A, he gets in foul trouble. Yeah, he does. He does. The Sixers, this was one of the more fascinating news and notes that I put together. The starting lineup of Simmons and Bede, Harris, Curry, and Danny Green, they played 32 games together. Philly was 27-5 and five with them five starting, 16-0 and all at home. Wow. Uh, 14 points per 100 possessions is what they outscored their opponents by. Six best among 30 lineups that played at least 200 minutes together. They've also played the most minutes together of any starting five in the NBA. Wow. 
That's important. You have Doc Rivers experience in the playoffs. Has a lot to prove also. You mentioned how you'd be surprised if the Clippers well, you you more so said finals for the Clippers would be anything less than that would be a failure. For me it's conference finals. If you're the Sixers and you don't get to the conference finals, especially the way things played out, you're gonna get the win of the Hawks Knicks, which look, I'm a Knicks fan. I love them. I hope they win the title. They're they're not. It's not the same as the Nets or Bucks. Yeah. That's I think the winner of the Bucks Nets series is gonna win the East. So if you're the Sixers, you should get to the conference finals. Without and, a doubt. And you should beat you should beat the Wizards in five. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the Wizards one game because I think Beal and Russ have one of those magical games where they combine for like seventy points. And it's just those, you know, those classic Russ games where he just wills them to win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. I don't really even have anything to add, I I cannot see how it's going to be competitive, but I do think that uh, just just real quick, the the last stat that you mentioned, um, that their starting lineup I think you said played more minutes than anybody in the league, mm-hmm. and of course were extremely successful at it. I think that bodes extremely well for them. I think they need that cohesion. Um, when they lost to that that bounce shot two years ago to Kawhi. Um, they were a really good team, and Jimmy was honestly – it was Jimmy and Embiid, but Jimmy was leading them as the ball handler. Um, but at the same time, Jimmy and Tobias were both midseason acquisitions. So for the Sixers to have this cohesion and this chemistry going in, it's the same as the Clippers in the fact that there's no excuses, right? You guys are prepared for this, and um, – if they go up 3-1 in a series, I don't want to see some some choking from Doc, all right? Get it done. Ride Embiid to the win. And um, I hope everyone's healthy for, for whatever the Eastern Conference Finals ends up being because you know, there's, there's a lot of talk in the West being better for, for a lot of years, but those three at the top of the East. And I'll throw the Knicks in there too. That's a, that's a really good four teams. I think you're just being kind to me throwing the Knicks in there. I don't want to get too crazy. Like if the Knicks were to win the East, I'd That's be fair. shocked. I'd be I'd be shocked if they make it to the conference finals. It'd be lit, but the Knicks the Knicks are playing with house money. They need to just, just take care of the Hawks and then it's a it's a nice season. Yep. Um but yeah, I got I got the Sixers winning in five in this one. Yeah. I I'm gonna I'm gonna go Sixers and four. Okay. Okay. Have you ever thought about how like people say it's a short series if it's four or five, but if it's six or seven, it's a long series? Right. Such a, a it's like that one marginal game, distinction. Right? Like a short series in five. Yeah. But it's a longer series in six. I don't know. That's always been uh interesting to me. It a lot of this a lot of this keeps coming back to Milwaukee and Miami and I don't know if that's just because that's what the playoffs are about. It's you get this matchup. How do you exploit their weaknesses? How are they going to exploit mine, right? And so I just bring it back to the Milwaukee-Miami one more time because last year, I, I forget exactly if game one was, was as close as I believe game two was, but, you know, you could get swept like Portland did when we, that series we were talking about against Golden State, but you're winning in every game and the end of every game is close, mm-hmm. but you just don't execute as well or you just don't have the better player. And... um you know, it, it, they really do. They really do say it's a longer series if it's six, 
and that can just be a game winner in game five that changes everything. And so um, ultimately, if you're a team building your roster, I think you got to say to yourself, like, it's so much of this has to be the final six minutes in the fourth quarter. Who can defend and who can make a shot? And that's what it comes down to because so many of these games, just the margins at the end, um, even that Warriors Lakers game, um, you know, like the the Warriors didn't the Warriors didn't have anybody else who was really gonna scare you. Jordan Poole can make a big shot, but um, ultimately he didn't. And so I just think uh, I just think it's all about the little things at the end. And mm. and even if I don't have the better player, I need a player that believes he's the better player, and that goes to to Jimmy against Braun or whatever. Right, right, right. All right, Jazz Grizzlies, because I want to end with the Suns and the Lakers, because I think that's a very interesting series as well for more of the storylines than I do think the way it's going to play out, me personally, but I'll hear your thoughts when we get to it. Okay. There's um, another series I don't want to spend too much time on. Uh, Utah, um, Conley revenge, going up against a team that mm. sort of made him, you know, the Conley that we've love to know mm-hmm. um he had a lot of great years the what, what was the nickname for the grizzlies grid and grind grid and grind grizzlies yeah yeah i like that i like that squad tony allen rudy gay marcus all of course zach, zach randolph. randolph shit that team was they beat the spurs that one year right they upset the spurs that one year they were a team that was interesting man they made the conference finals they, they did that year that they played the warriors i believe it was um and that was when conley got hurt Right. And came back, but there, um, it, it's just I, I think it ends in four. I think it ends in four. If it's Utah, it should end in four. Like if you're Utah, I should say it should end in four. I just don't think Memphis is. I think it Memphis reminds me of a team that is just going to be happy to play some extra games. <laughs> you get these young guys to get accustomed to what the playoffs are like. I think John Morant is going to be dope for him on a national level now. Oh, Maybe dude. more people start to realize that, yo, this guy's pretty legit, right? Yeah. Like everyone always talks about Zion. They talk about John Morant too. I don't want to get it twisted. They're not treating him like he's quickly, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's a guy who's going to be a franchise player for them. But look, I think the Jazz might be the deepest team in the playoffs. Mm. They could go like nine deep and feel very, very comfortable with. That's basically you could have two different units out there. Yeah. Uh, Ingles, fantastic. We talked about him before, but also like Jordan Clarkson, another guy, which the theme of this particular episode, we've been talking about a lot of guys finally finding their roles. Right. Yes. And I think both of them are going to be six men of the year candidates. Uh, I think they both were. Yeah. Them and Rose. Them and Rose. Yeah. Yeah. So look, you got two guys that are on your second unit that you could bank on. And Ingles is the better shooter. Um, but a lot of experience too for this jazz team too. So you got experience versus non-experience. And I just think it's going to be too much of them. Yeah. Uh, I think if you're men, if you're Memphis, you look at this, like it's a decent matchup for you because Gobert stifles a lot of players, but Valanciunas has possibly been another one of the most underrated players all year. He's big. He gets his buckets. Um, and the Grizzlies, the other thing about them is that they're just extremely deep. Like, you're seeing different players rolled out. I think they rolled with uh, Tillman, the rookie, over 
Jaron Jackson Jr. last night. Um, Grayson Allen was hitting big shots. This is on top of the the main core, which is Morant. You know, of course, I mentioned Jaron Jackson Jr., but Dylan Brooks, uh, Kyle Anderson. They got Desmond Bain. Uh, it's just a, a really deep team. Um, but ultimately, again, the Jazz are more deep, and the Jazz are are better at the top. And and that's the other that's the other thing. At least I keep coming back to is like in the playoffs. Um, Either you need to execute like nothing else or your coach has to be better or you just have to have the better superstar. And the Jazz just have the better players. I don't see it being extremely competitive um, and, dare I say, hate to say, even incredibly interesting. Um, I do hope Donovan Mitchell is able to get back to a place where he's 90% or more just because I think, um, I mean, he's their best player. If you want to say it's Gobert, that's fine, but I think he's their best player. He's the X factor. They don't win. They don't get to the Western Conference Finals or get to the finals without him playing as a superstar. So that'll be the main thing I'm looking at. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, man. It's just, for me, there's just certain series that aren't compelling to me, and this is is one of them. Like the 1-8 in the East I think is interesting because you look at Beal and you look at Russ and how their makeup is, they're going to will the Wizards into winning one of those. Yeah, I really believe it. I really do believe it. All right. The last series. Fuck if you're a Suns fan. If you're the Suns, you get this draw. No one is picking them to win. <laughs> Legit. Is that true? <laughs> Nobody is picking them to win. Uh, Lakers, Suns. I think the Lakers win in five. Yeah, you just said no one's picking the Suns. This is with a lot of people watching. I mean, everyone watching that previous game and knowing LeBron isn't 100%. He's right. not 100%. And right. they're still, and they're not, still picking. not picking him, yeah. So, man, you could not get a worse matchup if you're the Suns. You could not. I mean, if you if, if they got Portland, you just think about if Portland loses that last game of the day, uh, or sorry, the last game of the regular season uh, to Denver, then Portland's the seventh, I believe, and, and the Lakers are six. And if you're the Suns, you got to be feeling great about that because you are thinking in your head, my two guards are better than your two guards. And, you know, they're probably thinking my wings and Aiden are better than your big guys too. It's just I don't see what the Suns are going to be able to do. Uh, you can say Drummond, Gasol, Harrell at center against Aiden. doesn't even matter because the Lakers have in the back – of their pocket at every time that mm-hmm. we can go to AD at the five and that's going to be the best lineup in the league. You got Caruso who like that, that what the job he did against Steph Curry was just absolutely unreal. I know Steph had 37. I think a lot of that was on Schroeder who looked terrible. Caruso is just unreal. KCP is a tall, lengthy defender. You got those two and Schroeder to go up against the sun's two best players it's tough. This is a big, big, big test for DeAndre Aiden, who missed a bit of time at the end of the year. I think he's healthy again. Um, if you're the Suns, you got to go absolutely crazy from three to make it a competitive series. you got to have Aiden put up 20 and 10 and look pretty good against Drummond and AD. And you need gang rebounding um, defensively. And you need Mikhail Bridges to be an absolute superstar stopper. It's just hard to see a, a way that they are able to exploit the Lakers. Um, I don't really 
see an area in the Lakers game that's exploitable besides if they're not hitting their threes. Aside from that, you know, I don't know. What can the Suns do? Is there any is there any path you can see them for even taking this to six? Man, it's uh it's hard, right? Like outside of Paul uh Chris Paul and Crowder, no one else has been in the playoffs for them. Um you also have just LeBron being opposite of you. And I think that alone is like his aura. Um you think that plays a factor even on a Chris Paul team? Oh yeah, dude. Absolutely. It's the same shit when like guys go up against Tom Brady. Yeah. It's just like fuck. You know, <laughs> or like Bill Belichick. The famous video of Sean McVay he goes up to Bill Belichick before the Super Bowl. He's like, It's an honor to play you and be on the same field as you. And Belichick was just like, Thanks, man. It's like, yo, he lost the game right then and there. Yeah. You know, so it's just something about the aura of them. But but look, I just think you know, Drummond, I think, is very interesting because I think this is the kind of series Drummond plays in, but I could see him not playing in other series. I agree with that. So, I just, it, it's, it sucks, man, because, you know, I, I bet on the Suns at 24 to 1 a couple, couple weeks ago, maybe like a month or a half ago to win the, to win the finals. Because mm-hmm. they were like a game and a half back of Utah as the first seed. So I'm like, all right, if they could get in as the one, yeah, and then you avoid, you avoid that matchup with the Lakers. This yeah. is when the Lakers started to slide too. I could see them beating the Clippers. The Clippers have a meltdown, and you beat yeah. them. Yeah, and you're just you're just better off avoiding LeBron until you play the conference finals. Yeah. So the fact that you get him here, and look, Chris Paul's probably gonna opt out, and then you think, yeah, maybe they restructure the deal. But he's got like four. It's got it's like forty two mil or something. Man, I think the way. You know those graphics that they've been showing every time the Suns play, like how well a team does when they get him. Yes, yes. I could see him getting like a three, a three for one fifteen with with the Suns. I don't see him leaving at all. You don't see him leaving? No, no. He wanted to be there. That's true. That's a good point yeah. too. Yeah, he wanted. And, to and play then you did have success. You just got a shit draw where you're gonna play them. You're going to play the team that was yeah. the favorite coming into the I don't year. see where he'd go besides Philly or New York giving him a godfather offer, right? Mm. Um, ultimately, the Suns overachieved this year. They didn't dodge the Lakers. They should be very proud of that. I do think if it, even if it goes to six, it's like we talked about earlier with it being long or short. You can have a six-game series, and that should be as short. <laughs> you know, like it's not competitive necessarily just because – um, we've seen before, you know, like we've seen with, with Cavs teams with LeBron before. Uh, I remember one year they were up 2-0 to the Raptors. They go back to Toronto, I'm pretty sure. Uh, or maybe they even go back to Cleveland and they give up the next two games. It's 2-2. Didn't feel close at all even still. So it's like there's sometimes six-game series where it's not even that close. It could just be LeBron trying to get his footing back. And he's like, I'm going to get it when I know I could beat Phoenix rather mm-hmm. than in the next round see what's good, right? So, um it's all to say that Phoenix completely overachieved. Um, I think even people that expected them to be a lot better this year, which of course you add someone of, uh, of Chris the, Paul's of, stature, of Chris Paul's stature, you expect to, but they just don't have enough depth, man. Like if Frank Kaminsky and Dario Saric are your backup bigs, you're done. Um, I, I like Bridges a lot. I like Cam Johnson, even though he struggled. It's a good three four. They've drafted really well with with. Um, with um, uh, James Jones. Um, I like campaign a lot, too. I mean, I saw him before on the Thunder. He was absolutely unplayable. 
and now he's making huge shots, tons of games. So um, I, lo- I love the addition of Torrey Craig. They got him, I think, just for sending money to the Bucks. I yeah. never understood why the Bucks couldn't make it work with him. Yeah. You know what's funny about Artis Payne? I remember watching a Suns game on like a random Tuesday. And he was in there with the second unit. I'm like, Artis Payne. I was like, what do I? I was like, there's no way that's the Thunder one. Like, that's yeah. across that my was mind. was dancing with Westbrook. Yeah. I was like, he was just known for all the crazy handshakes he had with, like, yeah. every single player on the <laughs> roster. And then I'm like, oh, my God. Good. I was like, yo, you know what? Good for him, man. Bro, because he was unplayable before. But Hell now yeah. but now he, he's he got his shot and he gets to the paint. And it's really cool to see a success story like that. It's just when you're playing a team as big as the Lakers, I don't even care if they didn't have Drummond. Um, who, who I will add has looked a lot better defensively lately. It's just, it's just tough because you're relying so much on Aiden, and even if Aiden plays amazing, there's going to be a game where he gets two fouls in the first six minutes, and you got to take him out. And there's going to be a game where he just doesn't have it um, offensively, and so it's, it's just like it's an uphill battle. Uh, it's tough for Suns fans. You know, I'm sorry, right? You guys have waited this long, but ultimately. Should That's be happy. the most devastating part of it. No, for real, for real. Um, you got to be happy just to see book, you know book in the playoffs, though, bro. Yeah, it's, it's similar to, like, again, because uh, I think Tom Brady and LeBron are on, like, the same tier of this generation. Like, they're the two, like, goats of this, yeah. of the 2000s. It's easily them. Yeah. And everything has ran through them, right? Like, in order for you to make a Super Bowl or to win a <laughs> finals, you got to beat one of them yeah. at some point. Yeah. And... It's like if you're a team like, you know, the um, – trying to think in the NFL. Like the, the Lions have never made a Super Bowl, right? And say this year – it's not going to happen because they have one of the lotus win totals in Vegas. But say the Lions end up making the NFC championship game, but they got to play the Bucks, Or or like they make the playoffs, I should say, in round one you play Tampa Bay and Tampa. You're like, fuck, man. We couldn't avoid them. Right. You know, because – so – and, and again, it's it's you got to beat them four out of seven. Where in the NFL, it's all right. You know what? Maybe some wild, weird shit could happen. Two bad turnovers, a block punt, and then you're down fourteen zero. You control the pace there. Facts. But to beat them four out of seven, to beat Braun four out of seven, dude. If you look at the history of LeBron losses in playoffs, he's lost to special teams, with the exception being Dallas. Yes. Which had a special player. Had a special player and a special concept of how to defend him. When LeBron right. struggles, it's not really mostly struggling with a good wing defender on him. It's struggling because there is a center who is a top three defender in the league. Tyson Chandler just was that that year with Dallas. Um, when the Paul George Indiana Pacers would take the heat, it's because Roy Hibbert was literally playing like a top three center in the league, and you got Frank Vogel, who now everyone acknowledges because the Lakers finished with the first uh with number one in defensive rating for the year, that uh, Frank Vogel is an awesome defensive mind. Um, I completely agree with that. Um, and, you know, the people are always going to compare Jordan and LeBron. It's really tough when you look at some of the teams LeBron has lost to and then beaten. Uh, you're looking at a team with four Hall of Famers in the Spurs. You're looking at a team with three Hall of Famers in the Thunder. You're looking at uh, maybe four with Derek Fisher. You're looking at a team with four Hall of Famers in the Warriors. So... Um, it really is pretty incredible, and uh, about, you know, just to the analogy with Brady and LeBron too. There's going to be one year, I would say. Uh, this is a testament to their greatness. It's going to be one year every ten where they lose, and then maybe another 
they just lose to a different team, like Brady losing to the Ravens, right? The mm. year they won. And then another year out of 10 where they're injured, and so they're not even in it. Um, and then the other eight, nah, they're probably going to make probably going to make the finals. So it it really is incredible what they're able to do. And um, once again, I mean, the analogy might go further. When you're looking at the teams that are able to give them troubles, it is defensive prowess. It's Draymond Green. And then in that Ravens year, um, it's fucking Ed Reed and, and Ray Lewis. So who are you putting up against them that's able to stop them? And you're telling me DeAndre Aiden and Jay Crowder? Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Suns fans, but I think you guys lose in five. Yeah. I'm going to say six just because I think I think the Suns might even take game one. I think the Lakers are going to try to get their footing under them. I don't think they're going to worry at all. You know LeBron has lost, I think, all but one playoffs. <laughs> he hasn't lost a game one. Wow. There, was, there was some interesting statistic about how Time and time again, they drop a game one. LeBron led teams. First two series last year. Yeah. People people yeah, saw Houston. People saw Houston beat them too. Yeah. They're like, oh, Houston could beat them. Same with Portland. Now that is really fascinating, and that just I think it just speaks honestly to LeBron trying to get a feel. We talked about earlier Miami Milwaukee goes back to it again. How do I get a feel of what they do? What are they gonna do when I put Giannis at the five? Right. What are they gonna do? When I'm trying to exploit this certain matchup. And sometimes you're not even trying to show all your cards in game one, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a first round of the playoffs. The the Bucks and Heat are 83-82 with nine minutes left. We'll go and watch that out there in the living room while we're chilling. But, uh, Conrad, it's a pleasure, man. Thanks for stopping by. Pleasure as always, Nick. Thanks a lot, man. Um, This was a ton of fun. And hopefully, you know, hopefully our predictions were, were right as we look back on this pod in a couple of weeks. You never know in any league. A lot of times you don't know with the NBA either. But uh, it has been such a turbulent season. I hope the playoffs is everything that, that we could imagine it to be. Where can they find you on social media? Uh, find me at con underscore H9. Uh, it's for Twitter, Instagram, just about two that I use and um, you know just check out culturehub.com whenever you're able to as well at the lamp shows where you can find me at veterans minimum is where you can find everything for the show and we'll catch you guys next time clogging the lane I'm feeling the strain I'm here for the spot to be filled not to be cocky but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.